As we come to the scripture, let's, uh, let's pray together. Father in heaven, uh, your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We're to take it and we're to treasure it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. It's sweeter than even honey from the honeycomb. It's to delight our very hearts. And so I pray that even now as we read it and think of it together, that we'll know we're blessed. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Turn please to Psalm number one, the first Psalm, Psalm number one, please. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And together we say, the grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. This summer, we've been, various ones of us, taking up psalms, psalms for the summer, And um, I suppose we've been picking psalms that, on the one hand, are important to us, that have resonated with our souls over the years, but also helpful, we trust, to you in the days in which um, we live. That's been true for me, of the ones I've chosen. They've been with me for decades. Bring life. But this psalm, Psalm 1, while it's foundational for me, and I trust for you, and if it isn't, I... Trust it will be by the end of our time together this morning. But, 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 but it's foundational for the whole Psalter. Because not only is it number one, the first one, but it provides, along with Psalm 2, an introduction to everything that comes, so all 150 Psalms. Um, because it lays out for us, first and foremost, what it means to be a person who belongs to God. What it means to be a person who's in covenant with God. What it means to be a person who trusts in the promises of God. That person, according to this psalm, and according to all the psalms, is one who is blessed. One who's blessed. That is, one who really lives in and from the blessing of God, his good word, his benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. It's about that person and how that person lives in that covenant. And so in the Psalms what we have is, yes, we we learn about God, but here also we learn how to express ourselves to him in praise and in prayer. It gives us language to to say, oh God, I know what it is to be yours. 
And so as one who is yours, this is how I express, this is how I sing, this is how I pray, this is how I praise. And so that's the sense here. And, and so we begin in Psalm 1 to lay out all of that because it begins as blessed is the man or blessed is the person, blessed is the man or the woman or the child. Blessed is this one who's in covenant with, with God. And you might remember the end of that that benediction in number six that I just mentioned a moment ago, uh, the very end of it, the next line after it, uh, the instructions given to Aaron, the priest, is he says that, 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 that you're to put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. This person, this psalmist, is one who carries the very name of God upon himself. That God is his God. And he belongs to this God. When he hears the expression, I'm your God and you're my people, he says, yes, that's me. So, so the question for us is, what's it, what's it like to be blessed? What's it like to be uh, that person? Well, this sense of blessedness is really the heart's desire of every human being, whether they know it or not. It's, 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 it's really what's in us as being people made in the image of God, that we desire to be, to be blessed. Often, uh, this word for blessed is translated as, as happy. And so if you ask people, do you want to be happy? Everybody says yes. But, but happy doesn't really capture it in its fullness because it has that, that little prefix, hap which means by luck or by accident or coincidence, if you will, like happenstance or haphazard, or you, if you grew up in the 60s, the happening, right? And so this, this sense of, 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 oh, it just sort of happens. No, 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 it, it, it's deeper than that. Because you see, if you read about the psalmist, if, if, if you're saying that this is a blessed person, you realize that this person lives real life. As, as, as we've been going through various psalms, we've been hearing about the psalmists, various ones of theirs, their lives, and, and they live real lives, and there's enemies within, their own sin, their own doubts, and all of that. And, and enemies without, as, as pressures put on them by the world, and producing even physical suffering, uh, they in, in, endure. And, and so... How can they be said, these psalmists, to be blessed? And so to be blessed means that it isn't dependent upon circumstances that we would normally associate with being happy. There are those circumstances. They're wonderful. But this is the pilot light of this man's life. He knows, regardless of COVID, regardless of social unrest, regardless of cancer, regardless of relationships that are difficult, regardless of those who might be against you, regardless of those who are before you and having even a good life, a good moment. Regardless of any of that, still he knows himself to be blessed. One of the expressions I love from Psalm 119 that I use probably inappropriately in my own life because it probably doesn't really apply as it did to the psalmist, I'm just sort of weak. And, and there's this expression that says, I'm laid low in the dust. And if you would take 
the psalmist of 119, at that moment when he says, I'm laid low in, in the dust, and, and you would say, now, you, are you a blessed person? He'd say, yes. Though at the moment, I'm laid low in the dust. So this blessing doesn't depart just because, this blessedness doesn't depart just because of difficult, of difficult circumstances. And, and it's undeniable in this psalm that this is who we're to be. Blessed. Blessed. Now, as we look at this, just to set it up and, and walk through it and see um, the presentation the psalmist makes here, uh, he, he, he talks about being blessed first in the negative by what the blessed person doesn't do, what isn't true of the blessed person. And he puts it like this. He says, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the seat of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. And so, and so he avoids all of that. Uh, you see, there's counsel from the wicked. Because you see, the psalmist knows righteous and wicked, just two categories of people. And he says, the righteous one doesn't sit in the, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. That is in his life. We receive counsel all, all the time from various and the sundry sources. This counsel is wisdom. This counsel is advice. And it can come from wicked or righteous. It can come from the world. It can come from God. And the psalmist is saying, the, the one who's blessed who is the one who doesn't follow the world's counsel advice, but the one who follows God's. Paul Tripp, a counselor, theologian, pastor, known to many of us, um, has put it like this. He says, we live in a world of inescapable influence. We live in a world of inescapable influence. Every day we're being counseled by those who have some kind of perspective on life. And the psalmist says, you'll be bombarded with counsel. Don't take the counsel of the wicked. Only take the counsel that comes from God. We're bombarded with advice. We're bombarded with counsel. It comes subtly through television shows, if you watch them. It comes subtly, and maybe not so much through movies that we, that we watch. They give a presentation of this is what life is about. They come through our news feeds. They come through Facebook friends and maybe even in-person friends, if you have any anymore. Uh, but in-person friends, right? And so all the time we're, we're swapping information uh, and, and we're hearing it from various and sundry uh, sources, social media impacting our lives uh, tremendously. And, and so the psalmist says, don't take this uncritically. Measure it all against the, the blessed person. The blessed person doesn't listen to the counsel, the advice of the world, but rather from God. Doesn't stand in the way to, of sinners. Doesn't, doesn't stand up for them. Doesn't stand with them and say, this is the right way to go because sinners, by definition, have missed the mark. He says, don't stand with them. They've missed it. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Don't sit with those. Don't get comfortable. Don't rest with those who, who, who say God isn't or even worse, that God is, but he doesn't matter. Don't sit with them. And we'd all agree, we'd say that's certainly the case, that's certainly how it should be, but so easy to listen. It's so easy to stand 
It's so easy to get comfortable with the advice of the world. I mean, just think of it. You know, uh, God tells us that we're to love our enemies. The world says, no, take vengeance against them. There's something about that. God says to forgive. And we say, no, hold it against them. God says, tell the truth. That's his wisdom. But the wisdom of the world is, well, you know, there are sometimes when lies can, can be convenient in such a way that makes life easier for you. So go ahead and, and lie. Uh, God says, guard your heart. The world says, no, nobody knows what's in your heart. Just if you want to lust, think thoughts that are sinful and appropriate that make you happy at the moment, well, think them and carry that out. Lust, you see. God says, speak well of others. The world says, no, gossip, because that'll, that'll satisfy something deep within you and it'll make yourself look so much better. God says, live in peace. That's his counsel. The world says, no, contend for your own way. God says, stay and work it out. Be faithful to your promises. The world says, no, divorce or leave. You can find relationships somewhere else. God says, be merciful. The world says, no, it's it's their problem. They can figure it out for themselves. God says, give generously. The world says, no, keep it for yourself. We're to meditate on the word of God, allow it to inform our lives. We'd rather read our news feeds than our Bibles. It's easier, it seems. We're to meditate on the word. We find ourselves meditating on our own words or the words of others, our ways or the ways of others, our wounds. We're to delight in God's law. It's easy to delight in the world. We're to discipline our passions and our inclinations according to God's word, but it's easy to allow our passions and inclinations to define us. That's what the world says. Go with it, how you feel, what you're inclined towards. We're to seek God's glory. The world says, no, seek your own. We're to seek the praise of God. The world says, no, seek the praise of men. We're to be humble and admit our weaknesses. Uh, the world says, no, be proud and, 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 and confess nothing. We're to submit to one another in humility out of reverence for Christ. The world says, no, be in control of others. We're to bless. The world says, no, criticize. We're to be faithful to God. Uh, The world says, no, you can compromise because faithfulness to God costs so very much. It's so easy to sit with those who mock God, even though we didn't intend, even though we didn't start out that way. What's the safeguard? The safeguard is a matter of the heart. It says we're to delight in the law of the Lord and on his law to meditate day and night. We're to delight in this law. Why delight in it? Because it tells us about God. Well, what are the things that delight your mind? What are the things that delight your heart? Things that you love. I love looking at videos that my children send me of my grandchildren. I watch them over and over again, 30-second little, you know, things that are embarrassing to the children. But I, I love to watch them. I delight in them because I love them, right? Certain, certain themes and books I like to read because my mind delights in those 
kinds of things or, 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 or paintings you may de- like to look at. You delight in those people that you like to converse with because you delight in them. And, 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 and God's supposed to be on an entirely different page than that in terms of our delight. And we're to, to read of him and delight, you see, in him. That's, that's how we remain blessed, to meditate on this day and night all the time to take this word and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and mull it and mull it over and over and over again in every situation and we come in every relationship in every circumstance in every situation how does the word of God apply here how does it apply here how would God be pleased with my life here all the time that's how we're to live and he says if you do that then of course you'll be blessed it isn't so much that we master the word of God but that it masters us, that it changes and transforms us. And the psalmist says, that's what it means. That's what it means to be blessed. Well, as we come to sing, um, let me just ask you to take a moment and and just, just pause there and examine your own life. Examine your own life. Is this true for you? Are you one who delights in the word of God? Let me ask you to stand and let's sing together.
perfect king, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart, I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me this deep no tongue can bid me Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is. seated. This great need we have for the word of God is such because our hearts, as one old hymn puts it, needs to be tuned to sing his, to sing his grace, you see. Psalm 36 lays out for us something as it speaks of our own hearts. It says, transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. You see, that's the problem. We flatter ourselves. We think too highly of ourselves. We think, I've got this. I can think this through. I, 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 don't, 
I don't need God. It may not be conscious, but I don't need him. I can think this through. I've got the solution. I've got the right way. And so we flatter ourselves. But you see, as the author of Hebrews puts it, this, this word uh, of God is living and it's active and it's, it's piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and the discerning of the thoughts and tensions of our heart. No creature is hidden from, its, from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. You see, when the word of God comes, it exposes these things. We need to have them exposed so that we don't flatter ourselves. Because here, you see, the word of God will tell us the truth. And we need to hear it. And so we need to meditate on this word day and night. And the end result, the end result is that we become Here's the metaphor, like a tree, a sturdy tree, a tree that's been planted, really, in essence, transplanted by streams of, of water. And that's a great, a great thing. If, I hate to tell you this, but if you drive up to the church house, you'll see trees that haven't grown well. And you know why not? Because there's no water for them out there. We've tried to water them, but they just didn't, you know, not enough. But these trees... That are, that are people that meditate on the word of God are planted by streams of water so that they, they live. And here's what happens. Number one, they produce fruit in season. Now, that's a, that's a poetic phrase. It doesn't mean that there's some seasons where we produce fruit and some not. That's not the point. The point is that this tree is doing what a tree is supposed to do. Trees are supposed to produce fruit, fruit trees, in season. And so the point is that when we are this blessed person who meditates on the word of God day and night and applies it and doesn't take the advice, the counsel from the world and doesn't sit with those who've missed the mark or stand with those who've missed the mark and sit with those who who are against God but, but rather are for him. You see, in that case, then we produce fruit because we've been meant to do that. That's, that's, that, that's, that's, that's who we are. We're to be fruitful. Jesus said, you haven't chosen me, I've chosen you to bear fruit. And the fruit there may well be other believers. We in our testimony are witnessing and bearing fruit. And he says, so if you're this blessed person, and even if your circumstances are horrible, but, but yet you're, you're living according to the word of God and not following the ways of the world, but the ways of God, trust me, he says, you'll be noticed. You'll be blessed. And people will be thinking, how can that be? In the midst of that person's situation or circumstance. You'll bear fruit, you see. And we'll bear the fruit of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, you see. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and forgiveness and self-control. All of that will come out. And that's the great blessing. That we can live like that at all times. Blessed. People. And our leaves won't wither. Leaves wither when there's too much heat and not enough water and when weather conditions change and all that sort of thing. We see it every year. And, but, but he says, yours won't. Why? Because you'll have perpetual life. When you should be withering because of circumstances, you won't. 
you're blessed. Take the counsel of God, not the counsel of the wicked. Stand with God, not with sinners. Sit and embrace all that's true of God. Receive it. Don't mock it. And you'll prosper in all that you do. Have in time, but you know this isn't the prosperity gospel of health and wealth and all. But you'll, you'll prosper spiritually. You'll prosper in your life, in your own soul. And that affects and that changes everything. Whether you're healthy or not, whether you're wealthy or not, whether times are good or whether they're bad, whatever the circumstance, situation, still, you'll prosper in the midst of that. And he says, the wicked aren't so. Uh, they're like the chaff that the wind drives away. And, and you know that, that image as well. You take grain and you smash it and you put it, and you put it in a bowl and you throw it up and, and the wind takes the chaff and blows it away and the grain falls and that's what you keep. And he says, well, the wicked are like the chaff. They just blow away. They'll get burned up. They'll get swept away. Um, now, Chad was preaching last Sunday and from Psalm 73 and Sometimes we think the chaff is actually blessed. <laughs> and the solution, no, 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 no. You need to see them in the presence in the sanctuary of God. And then you realize, no, 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 no. You're the blessed one if you're following after the Lord. He says, listen, there's the reality of judgment that is to come. And the wicked won't be able to stand. They'll be speechless. They'll have nothing to say. For they haven't glorified God, they've mocked him. They might even say, you haven't given me enough evidence. And God will say, have you looked around at creation? And oh yeah, Jesus. How'd you miss it? They won't be able to stand. In the congregation of the righteous, he says, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. There'll be no eternal life for them. Here's my last question. I look and I look into my own life and I say, how could this ever be true of me? I know how often I've taken the counsel of the wicked. I know how often I've sat with the sinners, stood with them, sat, perhaps not hmm, in any way that people can see, but in my own mind, in my own heart, mocking God by the things I think, the things that I might say or do. And, and I think if this is what it takes to be blessed, how could I ever be this person of Psalm uh, number one and then something floods my mind we know it as the gospel (laughs) and the gospel tells me that there is one who's the blessed one and I'm in him there's one who's lived this blessed life who took counsel only from his father who only thought the things his father had given him to think and said the things the father had given him to think and did the things the father had given him to do and he never varied from that uh, at, at all he was the, the blessed one uh, even the most wicked of all Satan came to him and said here's my counsel uh, to you make these stones into bread and it'll make you happy and Jesus said no 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 
No. I can only live by the word of God. And Satan said, well, well, throw yourself down and the angels will catch you. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. That's not why I'm here. I'm not going to test the Lord. I know my mission. That isn't it. I'm not going to test him. He said, well, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all of these. He said, no, 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 no. I can only worship God. He didn't take counsel from Satan. Although perhaps it would make sense to have. It would have been easier maybe, but no. He'd have missed it all. We'd have missed it all together. And there was a time Jesus fed a lot of people and they came to him. They wanted to make him king because he could feed them with uh, the physical bread. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be king that way because I'm the bread of life. And he didn't take their counsel. You see, and when he was even on the cross, there were those who walked around and they said, you know, save yourself. Come down from the cross. You can do that. You know, you, you, you saved others. You healed people. You surely have the power to jump down off the cross. And he said, no, 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 that's the counsel of the wicked. I can't take that. I'll stay here. And even, even before that, you remember, he was in the garden and he was, he was struggling. There's only a man can struggle with facing the wrath of God. And he said, no, not my will, but your will. I'll go your way. And so he always followed the counsel of of his father. He never stood in the way of sinners. He never sinned. He never scorned. He never mocked God. In fact, even when there were those who did mock God, the religious leaders or those who made his father's house into a den of thieves, he, he didn't join them. But he stood with the Lord, his father. And his delight was in the law of the Lord. I remember when he was 12, um, he kind of became estranged from his parents on the way back from the Passover. And, and, uh, and where did they find him? Well, he was talking to the doctors of theology in the temple about the word of God. And they were amazed, not only his questions, but his answers, as the scripture has for us. He lived in perfect obedience to the word. He arranged his whole life around it, to fulfill it, every jot and tickle, tittle. He knew the, he knew the favor of, of God. The prophet Isaiah puts it like this. The will of the Lord prospered in his hand. He was, he was blessed. And he did it for us. That's no cop out. That's the gospel. I read Psalm 1. I can't. I hear the gospel. I hear he did. You're in him. Now live. Live by his spirit. See, in his death, he took the penalty for our sin. In his life, he lived righteously. And then all of that, you see, is, is given to us as this gift of grace. So we read in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake, for us, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, united to him by faith, I'm forgiven, I, I'm justified, I'm declared among the righteous. And now I'm called to live righteously meditating on the word of God delighting in it living it out 
Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in the flesh. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. A number of decades ago, Karen and I were driving on Hoffmeyer Road in Florence, South Carolina. I was uh, teaching economics at the university there. Karen was teaching at the high school, kids with learning disabilities, as they titled it then. And, and we had started, she had started, really, something called that you could start, you could have in a southern city in the 70s, something called a Bible club at the school. And I um, shouldn't confess this now, but she let kids serve detention at Bible club. She got on detention duty purposefully so they could, she could have kids either serve detention after school or at the Bible club, and so they came to our house. So that's what the Bible club was populated with in the very beginning was one to five to 10 kids came. And within a year or so, there were a hundred of them, kids coming. And we found ourselves driving up off my road, looking at each other exhausted because we had been out, oh, probably about two weeks straight every evening doing something related to these kids. And we were tired and, and I looked at her and I said, we can rest because what we're doing rises and falls on the power of God's word working by his spirit to change these kids' lives. So let's just rest. He did it. He's doing it. We're along for the ride. But you know, that's true for our own lives individually. That our blessedness rises and falls on the power of God's word working by his spirit in us. Now you know I always say at the end of those expressions, we have no plan B. This is the only plan we have. But the good news is we don't need a plan B. This is all we need. And blessed is the person who meditates on the word of God and in so doing trusts in Jesus goes back to the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit and lives it out oh. may that be true of us let's pray Father in heaven I do pray for all of us that we would live this life that the psalmist calls blessed this life numbered among the righteous this life numbered among the righteous because we're united to Christ the righteous one and that having our hearts changed by the Holy Spirit 
the prophet Ezekiel has said, having our hearts of stone taken out and hearts of flesh put in, and your spirit there to cause us to walk in your ways. As Jesus said, having been born again, born of the spirit. As the apostle Paul says, being a new creature, now inclined in heart to delight in your word. Cause us. Cause us, God, to dig deep. Have it before us all the time, just as Joshua did. These words wouldn't depart from his mouth, but he'd meditate on them day and night that we'd see everything in light of this word and understand everything by it. Please, as we leave this morning, give, a, give us a deep-seated desire to read the scripture, to meditate upon them, to learn of you, to listen to you, to stand with you, to affirm all that's here and to live it out. God, I, I do pray then we'd see fruits. And as we see fruit, that we'd rejoice. That as we see ourselves having joy in the midst of a difficult circumstance, to say, that's it. I'm really blessed for us to be patient in the midst of a situation that otherwise would cause us to be anxious or impatient. And we'd see patience and we go, yes, I am blessed to be able to forgive those who've hurt us. Genuinely forgive and hope for the very best of those even who've hurt us deeply to be able to say, yes, I'm, I'm blessed to have self-control in the midst of great temptation and then to be able to know that we are blessed because your word and spirit are really at work in us. We could be gentle, that we could be kind, that we could love, really love. Love our enemies, love those who are different and we really love them get to know them, to try to understand their life and their way. We may be a blessing to them. Father, I pray that you would cause us to be like that tree, that we may bear fruit as we're meant to bear fruit. And that even in the midst of difficulties that our leaf wouldn't wither, that we would that we'd stand strong. So please, I pray, may we be that people, blessed people. Father, the blessing of children, good circumstance for the Reardons and the Coachman families to have babies in their homes. God, what a blessing. That's so great. Thank you. But then even for those who are facing difficult circumstances, we pray for Matt uh, Smith, his 
He's recovering from his motorcycle accident in, in France. And uh, Father, we give you thanks for the successful spinal surgery, the progress that he's making, the healing that's coming. But we continue to pray that you would heal him and restore him. Um, we do pray that you'd move him as he desires out of ICU soon, that he's healthy enough for that and that you would help them with the language barriers that exist when you're in a country that is not your own and find yourself in difficulty. So, Father, I pray that you would be with him. For Sheila Bloom, Father, as she is in the hospital recovering, we trust from COVID that you would strengthen her lungs and give her breath and heal her, please. For Janelle Slater with her breast cancer and Joel Foster with his cancer and Joel Tigreen with his. Father, that you would be with them each and bring healing and comfort, we pray. That they would meditate upon your word and, and be blessed. And Father, for the world in which we live, we continue to pray that you would provide wisdom to those who lead us concerning this COVID pandemic. And we pray uh, for relief soon. We pray that you would uh, enable us to love each other well as we, as we um, share with each other during these days. And Father, we pray for racial harmony in our own country, um, that you would bring to us uh, understanding, and love for one another. And Father, we know that only the gospel can bring ultimate peace, so we pray for the spread of your gospel among us in our country, that people would know that there is peace, peace with you, God, and peace with each other through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for those who are displaced in these days by storms that are hitting, and uh, we pray your help to them as well. Father, for our church, we pray in these days that we can continue to maintain faith, that we continue to to love one another well, that we can continue to stay connected to each other, that for those who feel lonely and disconnected, we pray, Father, that that someone somewhere in our congregation can reach out and touch and be connection because we're not meant to be separated. We're meant to be community. We're meant to live life together. And so help us, please, in these days to be able to do that. May we meditate upon your word. May we trust you. May we live. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Together let's sing. Savior in you. 
Oh 
Remind you, if you have particular needs about which we can pray, email us, please, or call the office during the week, but email us, elders at gpc.org, or me personally, or anyone on our staff, and, and we'll get that word, and um, we will pray with and uh, for you. So please receive now God's benediction. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And together let's sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.